This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from the zoo to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Monday edition of the big show. On ESPN 100.5 and 105.1, KTGR, your total sports station in Mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. Hi there, Andy Humphrey here. Brendan Schaefer's kind of here. You're about to hear his voice in very gravelly form. (laughs) Can you hear me? We can hear you, my friend. Who is this? I, I should have uh, said, uh, I should have tried to play a prank on him and say, hello, Brendan, are you there? Tried to pretend that we couldn't hear him. Oh, Just darn. Maybe lost lost connection in the bit. tunnel. That's crazy. Uh, Brendan is uh, sort of here, but he is also at the winter meetings in Nashville, right? Is that is that what it is? Uh, Nashville yeah, is it's in place? Nashville. I'm standing here next to the largest indoor Christmas tree I've ever seen. Uh, this wow. resort we're at is gigantic. But uh, I couldn't uh, I couldn't miss the chance to hop on and talk a little Mizzou Ohio State with you guys because wow what a matchup we're gonna have oh man uh, we're gonna have quite the time uh, dissecting that one for the next four weeks so uh, that'll plenty be plenty of time plenty of time uh, also to dissect what the uh, final four is in college football or the top four and whether you think they should be the top four. Did the committee get it right? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. We'll also ask Bill Connolly of ESPN his thoughts, our college football expert at 425 on what the committee did, putting uh, Texas and Alabama in over the undefeated uh, Power 5 Conference champ, Florida State. So we'll get to that. We'll get to more Cotton Bowl talk at 505, and then, wow, the Chiefs are broken, it seems. Um, they they are not working properly the way that they should. Has anybody tried unplugging them and plugging them back in? Uh, they did not do that last night against uh, the Packers, so we'll talk about that at 525 and a lot more uh, to come. At 875-KTGR, you can join us to get your thoughts in on the news of the weekend. It was a big weekend in, in football in particular, so get your calls and texts in to give us your full reaction. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook, too, at facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now, the Big Show's Big Deal. Hey, the thing that matters is that Mizzou is in a New Year's Six Bowl for the first time in the college football playoff era. The Tigers are selected to one of those New Year's Six Bowl matchups. And it's in the Cotton Bowl, a familiar place for Mizzou, as they get set to take on Ohio State. Not necessarily a familiar opponent. First time since 1998 that the Tigers and Buckeyes will meet up on the football field. Mizzou ranked number nine in the final rankings. Ohio State slipped one spot from six to seven in the final college football playoff standings that were released on Sunday and so the Tigers and Buckeyes will do battle in Arlington, Texas at AT&T Stadium on Friday night, December 29th. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock. You can hear all the coverage right here on KTGR. And the final four in the college football, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama in that order. And that's the big show's big deal on this fourth day of December 2023. 
875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. Uh, Mizzou being in the bowl in the uh, Cotton Bowl, huge deal. They learned right away, right as they started announcing the New Year's Six matchups, that was the first one they put up. And uh, everybody at the Show Me Club, uh, great reactions there. Uh, we heard from Eli Drinkwitz and several of the players uh, yesterday. We'll maybe get a chance to uh, hear a little bit of what they had to say here. They're at Mizzou Hoops. Yeah, yeah and, and Mizzou Hoops uh, also got a win yesterday at around the exact same time. So, I mean, a lot was happening. But in all that... The college football playoff committee deciding that teams like Texas and Alabama that looked really good in these in, some, in these uh, in these uh, championship games, uh, they looked better than Florida State, and they thought that that was enough to vault them ahead of Florida State, even though the Seminoles had not lost all year. Did they get it right? Tell us at eight seven five KTGR, Brendan. I don't think they did. I you don't, don't think they got it right. No. You would have had Florida State in there, huh? Yeah, yeah I would have. Yep. At I don't three. know, man. I don't know. Did you see that Louisville game? It wasn't pretty. Oh, yeah. I, I saw the Louisville game. I, I agree that it was not a pretty thing to watch. No. And that's a Louisville team, by the way, that just lost to Kentucky. We know what Missouri did to Kentucky. So, I, to me, I think the okay. backup quarterback factor is a factor. And I appreciate what the committee did because in the final year of a four-team playoff, they said, eh, we could catch some backlash for it, but we're going to give the people the best matchups. And I I think the teams that are in are are the right teams for the most part. Yeah, here's the thing. I... If you're if you're going to put the backup quarterback uh, conversation in there, I get it. If you're going to factor that in, fine. But you don't put enough... You don't put more weight on what happened in the championship game than you do in the game prior against Florida when Tate Rodemaker was playing because that's the quarterback that they were going to be playing in a semifinal matchup should they have gotten there. So I I don't think that was correctly adjudged. And so the, the, the thing is with this is that it also shouldn't necessarily matter uh, as far as injuries or anything like that. Florida State being left out for things that are 100% out of, out of their control is not right. It's clearly not right. Like it, and the thing is, the, the committee themselves, they cherry-picked when they wanted to use the logic to justify putting Texas and Alabama in. Because, right. I mean, Florida State, if you're saying that they're not as good as Texas and Alabama – then you should also say that they're not as good as teams like Georgia and Ohio State and Oregon, who also lost. Uh, like, it, then they should have been eight. If you're going to make that argument and say, "Well, they're not one of the four best teams," look at how great these two teams did that were the closest shot at getting in. That's where I draw the line. Yeah, the arbitrary line of four being the number that matters most because there are only four teams in the playoff. Right. I agree with you. I think that ended up messing with where Florida State was ranked, but. Come on, Andy. 29 wins what? in a row for Georgia. you got to put Alabama in there somehow. Don't, you can't. No, look, I understand. Yes, and I would have left Texas out. Ooh, now we're getting spicy. Yeah. I thought Texas would be left out, honestly. I thought that there I was a they chance they been. would put. You know what? For real? How does, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, Alabama jumping Texas was a foregone conclusion, and it didn't happen. I was surprised. That but you they beat him by 10 in Tuscaloosa, that, convincingly. Uh, uh, okay. it, they dragged oh, them up and down the, the thing, field for four quarters. I get it. 
Here's the thing, though. You're making one game more important than the other yes. 12. Like, come on. Uh, you can't you. do this. Can't do that. I agree. I agree. I'm surprised, man. They were 87 going into it. What? Are eight you kidding me? This is one game margins we're talking about here. What Literally. <laughs> okay, but... Okay, so I've heard the argument of, well, Texas should be ahead of Alabama regardless because they beat them head-to-head. Otherwise, why play the games? I they should be... 13! Right. I should be asking you the same question. Why play the games if you're going to make one game more important than a full... 13 game season that both of those teams played. You have to look at the full picture. And yes, like take Texas beating Alabama into consideration. But I legitimately thought going into championship weekend, Brendan, that's that, that Texas and Alabama, their resumes were pretty darn similar. Like going into right. that weekend, they're similar. So you use the tiebreaker of, okay, well, they played head to head. Texas won that game. That's the tiebreaker. Brendan, beating Georgia is a whole lot more impressive than beating Oklahoma State. I don't care how many points you beat Oklahoma State by. No, beating Georgia in a semi-away game is a whole lot more impressive than what Texas did on Saturday. Like it, that is the, oh, yeah. that was enough of a boost to make the tiebreaker scenario of the head-to-head irrelevant to me and say that, yes, Alabama should have been ahead of Texas. So I also, even if you want to take Florida State out, fine, but I would have put Alabama three. I think that the notion of Texas's big win being over Bama, it's like the committee used that as a tiebreaker for ranking them three versus four which I, is like whatever because at least they're both in. And I honestly like that it's Michigan-Bama in the first round anyway. So I don't mind that they did that. But I agree with you that I thought Bama should have been ahead of Texas. And whatever you wanted to do with the fourth spot, whether that was put Texas in, you know, it never was going to happen. But Georgia is number four. I wouldn't have thought was crazy. But I think they got the four teams I wanted to see for the most part. That's why I say the most part, because again, Georgia is just, it's just one of those things where they did lose the game on the final weekend and the committee rates the conference championship with a lot of value and Georgia didn't get one. Uh, But I just can't imagine saying that, you know, Florida state would be a more worthy team in terms of uh, being able to go out there and, and play well against Michigan than some of the teams that well, were in. But I will not, say this. That's but, not how they see it, though. That's not why they put the bracket together. You don't do it for the no, matchups. You don't do it for the spread. Exactly. One you do it because you went say, undefeated in all of your P5 games, including against LSU. Yeah, like you went yeah. like you went away from home and beat two SEC schools. Like at I get it. Florida State did enough to do it. It's not fair I agree that it's not fair. There's nothing Florida State could have done, and it's not a fair process. I think they just said YOLO in the final year of the oh four-teamer and, and decided to kind of go go off book because they knew there'd be no recourse. It'll never happen again, right? There will never be an undefeated Power no. Five that's left out because they're expanding the playoff. They gave the fans, I think, what the fans deserve. They did not give Florida State what Florida State deserved. I agree with that. 875-KTGR, tell us uh, your thoughts on the top four in the college football playoff. Did the committee 
get it right. Uh, Josh texting in, terrible job by the committee. Georgia should have been put in over Washington. The Pac-12 is a joke. I don't know. I, I'm not no. going to make the Pac-12 jokes this year. The Pac-12 had some strong teams. Uh, Washington winning that game over Oregon was mighty impressive. Them going yes. undefeated in that conference is no joke this year. Pac-12 went out with a bang. I, I think Washington absolutely deserve to be in michigan same thing i mean it, you could on, honestly make the argument of you know should you pit florida state and michigan against each other in this sense but michigan was high uh, high enough up to where okay fine you can make them the number one team but again to me and and, and here's the thing that you go down the list of the top 25 and you can see instances where the playoff committee did not apply the same logic to the logic that they applied to florida state Look at who the G5 representative is. It's Liberty, ranked number 23. Yeah. They Over went 13 and 0. Troy. And they were ranked right ahead Tulane. of SMU, who was ranked number 24, won the American by defeating Tulane the other day, and the only two losses they had were to Power 5 schools. They lost to Oklahoma and TCU. Liberty, yeah. meanwhile, did not play a single Power 5 Conference team. USA all the way down, buddy. Yeah, like, come on. Uh, and the AAC, I mean, you can you can match them up uh, together, and I would say the AAC is still a tougher conference than what Conference USA is. So even then, the committee applied the logic of, well, you won all your games, uh, you're, you're a conference champion, you're Liberty. around the Irish. Liberty, you get to play in a in a New Year's Six Bowl. SMU, sorry. Um who are they even playing? Like uh, SMU, where are they playing? Yeah, who are they playing? Uh, oh, gosh. I, I was looking at this the other day. You you go ahead and look it up for me. But I, it's probably I was like trying the Arizona Bowl or something. Was. Yeah, I think it might be something like that. But I, I was starting to think, well, did SMU in that game against Tulane, did they all of a sudden do enough to make them think about the Fenway Bowl. Liberty Jesus and SMU? Left. Oh, boy. Yeah, sorry, SMU. Um, again, I thought that the committee would look long and hard, and sure enough, they did when they were ranked right next to each other. But again, <laughs> the team that did everything in their control to to better their season and put themselves in a good spot to either be in the college football playoff or to be in a high-profile bowl. They signed up they, for the good night, Cubs. Yeah, Liberty did what they needed to do, and they got rewarded for it. Florida State, meanwhile, yeah. did not. I think it's a different standard, and I'm not saying it's right. It's just the way that the world works, I guess. Like, here's my thing about Florida State. They did challenge themselves with a couple of SEC. Now, one of them, you play Florida every year. But they started off with LSU. That's a big-time challenge. I I still don't think it was enough for them because of how bad the ACC was this year. I mean, that LSU win is by far and away the best win they had. Clemson was down. Everybody else Florida State could claim a win over okay. was just down so far that I understand it, but it's just like it's the power five of old is no longer a thing, and the, the disparity at the top is, is really evident this year with the Big Ten and SEC, and even the Pac-12 in its final year, just having so many more quality games that you have to play. Florida State played a you know a modified American athletic conference schedule. That's honestly how I look at it. It's not their fault. But that's that's what the committee saw, I think, and, but, and in a, a team that's better. But Brendan, you know, you could make the same criticism of Texas because they had to go out of their conference too to get what was by far their highest quality win 
against yes. Alabama. And yes, that Bamba win is better than the win that uh, that Florida That's State it. got over LSU. Sure. But they also lost in the conference that we have all talked about isn't as good yeah. as the SEC or the Big Ten. So Florida State didn't. Like, uh, Florida State went on the road to uh, Clemson, and and look, Clemson played their way into the CFP rankings themselves. They're right around the 20s. So, I mean, it, there are wins on Florida State's schedule, even though a lot of them are against a, a weaker competition as far as the, the conference as a whole. I get it. But this is college football where even those top teams stumble a whole lot of the time. There's a reason why we only had Michigan, TCU, three undefeated Power Five conference champs. Because being an undefeated Power Five conference champ, no matter the conference, is really hard to do. So that's that's where I come down. And and look, Jordan Travis uh, being hurt was was a tough team, but he, he even he even said himself in his statement like he wished he had been hurt earlier in the season yeah. instead of like the 11th game or the 12th game, whatever it was. Just insane to see, So Florida State could build up enough wins to show that, hey, we're They'll a lot it. better than just what our quarterback is. So I even think they were. That defense was crazy. That defense did amazing. The reason it was like rock fights in the it. first place because they were on their second and third string Look, quarterbacks. Brendan, I get it. You're not a fan of Louisville. I understand. They lost to, to Kentucky the week before. Louisville was playing their starting quarterback, and yeah, and look, they last week Florida State went to Florida facing a backup quarterback and gave up more points. I think the defensive performance that the Seminoles put up was one of the best we've seen this year. Yeah, I think you know, honestly, my conspiracy—I don't even know if it's conspiracy—but I think it hurt Florida State that Texas and Alabama were so similar and that Texas happened to have that little tiebreak over Bama in terms of the ranking. Because if the committee could justify ranking Bama above Texas, I think Florida State would have been in as well, and Texas would have been out. It was just that, again, it's what can they justify to the public and get some scrutiny, but not the level of scrutiny that's just impossible to to get over. And I think that head-to-head win for Texas over Bama, as weird as it sounds, was kind of the nail in the coffin of Florida State because they could only kind of finagle the rankings so much, and it left FSU on the wrong side of it, which I agree. This isn't a fairness metric, Andy. It's not fair what happened. I just kind of saw it coming, and I don't hate it as a neutral party. As a Florida State fan and a player or coach, I would be I would be gutted, and I'm gutted for them because it isn't fair what happened. 875-KTGR. What did you think about what the college football playoff committee decided when it comes to the top four? And what do you think about these uh, these matchups? Which, again, look, I I agree. These matchups are going to be a whole lot of fun. Alabama against yeah. Michigan and Washington and Texas. Like, it, yes, I with those teams at mostly full strength, you're getting a lot of high-powered uh, competition. And, sure, Florida State would have needed to make up a whole lot of ground in other areas to be competitive in any of those matchups against any of those teams. I understand. And? Yeah? Well, here's what I was going to point out, because I do want to get to talk a little Mizzou with you before we go. Sure. I think the fact that Florida State is left out is what cleared the deck for this Mizzou-Ohio State matchup. Exactly. Yep. Because it changed everything with the Orange Bowl, man. I love that it happened. 
from a Mizzou standpoint. Well, yeah, like if Florida State takes the spot that Louisville would have taken anyway by being outside of the playoff field, and so Florida State essentially kicks Louisville out of the New Year's Six in that sense. And then Georgia, you know, dropping down and losing that game, they take up the spot for they the SEC six. Big Ten. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Again, How do you go if, from one to six? If you're going to justify Florida State not being a good enough team, then, then Georgia should have been ahead of them. But, I mean, uh, again, I love the fact that this is the matchup for Mizzou all of a sudden. Like, he, you get uh, a team in Ohio State, and look, we, we know what's happening uh, in the last 24 hours or so. Ohio State <laughs> has had uh, some, some transfers or uh, enter the portal, uh, including their quarterback, Kyle McCord. We don't even know what the opt-outs are going to look like on their side. Do you know what their backup wears? Do you know what number their backup quarterback wears? What? 33! I love it. Love it. He wears 33! So love it. I love it. Oh, Wear 99 boy. if you want to. Like I, I'm fine with it. Um, so uh, there's a lot of time to, to dissect that. But, man, the, the matchup is so good because Mizzou deserved a, uh, a chance to play a high brand, and they're getting that. The matchup is wonderful. And I'll tell you this. We often joke about jurisdiction of legality. Well, I'm actually in one right now. So when I Ooh. saw Mizzou as a seven-and-a-half-point underdog, on the opening line with Ohio State, which means the money line, boys, you know those are my two favorite words in the English language, Mizzou money line, is just juicy. So I had to put a little down on the Tigers. And now it's a parade of Ohio State Buckeyes that decide they don't want that smoke. It's going to be a pick by the time this game rolls around is my prediction. So I feel pretty good about the value I got on the Tigers. But I don't care, Andy. They can throw out whoever they want against Mizzou. They're still going to be wearing the scarlet and gray, they're still going to be the Buckeyes, and Mizzou's going to have a huge opportunity to show themselves against one of the biggest brands in college football. I couldn't be more thrilled when I saw that matchup pop up on my screen. I'm sure you guys felt the same way. Oh, 100%. It was awesome to uh, to see. Uh, So Mizzou gets a big-time bowl matchup in the Cotton Bowl. It'll be on a Friday night in the Dallas area. Can't wait for it. 875-KTGR to call or text us. Oh, no. Oh, boy. David here on the KTGR hotline to join us here. What's up, Dave? David. I, I would appreciate if the the next time I call in, um, the, the first words out of your mouth aren't, oh, no, Andy. Well, that's the reputation but, you've uh, like, built up, so that, I'm just I think, saying. I think you gotta, you got to give me some credit. Um, no, I'm very excited uh, for Mizzou to be in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, uh, y'all, you may or may not know this, but I live in that state um so if y'all need a, a credentialed reporter for the for the game uh oh hit me up i'd be i'd be happy to help Paste y'all my out. face and name um, onto those credentials give me a plane ticket and i'll go yeah it. yeah I, I can just i can just uh crouch down a little bit and uh pretend to be andy um but <laughs> anyway the uh Come the, on. The playoff that was rude the playoff rankings um i do think it should have been texas three florida state four Alabama five. Um, and here's why. Uh, well, th- there's multiple reasons why, but one thing that uh, I think Brenda was talking about, like quality of victories and uh, the, the poorness of losses. And it is true that Texas lost to a team that is not in the conversation for the playoff. They lost by three in a neutral site game to the number 12 CFP ranked team. 
Georgia lost by three to the CFP uh, number four team in a neutral site game as well. Alabama lost by 10 at home. That's a little bit different than losing a tight one in one of these other situations. So uh, obviously that was in September. It doesn't matter. Um, but I think it's Florida State got uh, the boot there. And uh, if you have to kick somebody out, I think you got to kick out Alabama. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, good luck. Appreciate the call, David, here on the Big Show KTGR. <laughs> Here's my thing with that. You can't have a college football playoff without the SEC. I know that sounds – because the SEC is the best there is. Uh, what did Ricky Bobby say? I wake up in the morning and – well, you know the rest. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That's the, the PR the talking, though. Not no, necessarily I, true. I get it, but I think it is true for the most part. And in this year, is the SEC down a little? I guess you could say that, but it's still got – how many, however many teams in a in a New Year's Six Bowl, including Missouri and Ole Miss, like it's it's deep at the top. It's still the best conference in football. I don't think there's a question about that. Whoever the third best SEC team is, which I guess is probably Mizzou, if you put them against Iowa, it, we we know what would happen in that game. We don't get to see it because Mizzou graduated beyond that possibility. But the, the SEC is still the best conference, and because the SEC team that won the conference beat the 29 win in a row Georgia team. I know Andy talked about, we can't look at past years. I think you just have to and put Alabama in there for the season. They had their one blemish. Yes, it was a sizable loss, but they were a different team in early September. I, you can't view it the way we view those early season matchups in like basketball, where at the end we're holding that against teams at the, the very bitter end. Alabama is such a different team now. I understand that it happened. I just I, I'm I'm willing to overlook it because I know that the SEC is superior, and I know that people who like other conferences won't like to hear that. But I, it's just the reality of it. So I'm I'm cool with it. I can sleep at night saying what I said there. Okay. I mean, bold, uh, bold for sure. Look at, look the at committee their record. The track record speaks for itself, and no, the committee I, agreed with it. I so. understand that, but again, yeah. You gotta judge it based off of this year and this year only. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Which I which I would agree. Alabama should be in anyway. Uh, but they're but one of the best that. four yeah. teams. They yeah. just are. I mean, they they are. They went undefeated in the the toughest conference in in football. Yeah. It, it just is what it is. Well, we got to get to the break here. We're gonna get to Bill Connolly of ESPN. But give us your calls and your texts at eight seven five KTGR. We will talk more about this uh, coming up later in the show. So uh, hang tight. But uh, we want to get Bill Connolly's thoughts on the CFP and how he felt about it and also how he feels about Mizzou's matchup with Ohio State. He'll join us next year on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. We are back here on The Big Show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app. Andy Humphrey here, now joined by Bill Connolly, our good friend over at ESPN. You can find him at ESPN underscore Bill C. And for all things college football, for all the insight that he brings, you can uh, go get your ESPN Plus subscription to read his stuff. And, well, the the weekend that was uh, in college football certainly provided some drama, uh, so, some intrigue as to what the playoff uh, ended up looking like. So we get the top four of Washington and, and Michigan. Well, it, it flipped in that order, Michigan, Washington. Washington, Texas, and Bama, and then Florida State is the team that is left out despite being uh, 13-0 undefeated and in a Power 5 conference champ. Did you think that was the right move, Bill, or how did you see it? No, I mean, I thought the one problem we were guaranteed to solve in moving to four teams was the 2004 
three unbeaten and you can't only fit two of them on the field. Uh, that, that was the one. All, all the issues that might arise, we would see how that would all play out. But if there were three power conference unbeaten, they'd all get in. And uh, they didn't. I mean, I, I understand Jordan Travis is hurt. I also understand that in two games without Jordan Travis, the defense has been the best in the country. They crushed Florida. They crushed Louisville even worse. And Louisville, you know, wasn't missing their starting quarterback. Um, they did what they could. Uh, and, and you know, if it was reversed in 13-0, Alabama had an injured quarterback. I'm pretty sure Alabama would have gotten in. So, bad deal all around. I think it's just a, bad, a terrible look for the sport. And I think it's going to have, you know, repercussions to come, I guess. Probably. I mean, it, it, certainly the, the quarterback uh, being out is one of the main reasons we would think that, that Florida State is getting bumped out of this. But I mean, it, even though uh, even if we're talking strength of schedule here, it sure seemed like Florida State still had some some juice with what they brought, even at 13 and 0, even, even though it's not a, an SEC schedule or anything like that. But it, it wasn't like they were uh, necessarily playing uh, G5s the whole time either. <laughs> No, I mean, they started the year by thumping Florida State. And I realize, you know, we have to omit all that because of the way this all works now. You know, that's with, that was with Jordan Travis. So that doesn't count. They, you know, only two games without him. And yeah. the, so that was – anytime you're, you're picking teams like this, it is pretty – you're going to spin yourself in a circle. You're going to use one strain of logic for one thing, and it's going to be kind of the opposite for another. And it's really hard and messy and gross, but – when a team goes undefeated, it should not be gross at all. That was a pretty easy call. And, um, you know, we heard buzzing up for, you know, a couple weeks now. We knew this was a possibility, and, and we knew that if Alabama beat Georgia, the result would be something messy. And, and sure enough, we got mess. And, and I, I, like I said, I don't think the committee – I don't think the committee did its job. I don't think they acquitted themselves well. And, and it's a – you know, I feel like I've said bad luck like 100 times in the last 24 hours. It's bad luck. <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely is a bad look. I, I can agree with that. Bill Connolly of ESPN with us here on the Big Show KTGR and KTGR dot com. And then, I mean, the other four teams, like, look, they were, they looked awesome, uh, of course, throughout their their seasons too. And it wasn't to ding any one of them. It's just you got to pick four teams instead of five. And uh, but what did you think of uh, those four that did get in? Especially, you know, with with some of them ordered. I know there was maybe still a question of, well, Texas got the head to head against Bama. Should they still be ahead of them? Uh, Washington taking care of business there and, and Michigan. Just how did you feel about how the four shaped out between those seedings? Yeah, I mean, India, Michigan was easy. Washington was easy. We, you know, there seemed to be kind of a gap between Georgia and Michigan and the others. And um, all the granted, Michigan slogged through. I mean, <laughs> poor Florida State was left out because they couldn't pass against Louisville. Well, Michigan hasn't been able to pass in a few weeks, and they have their starting quarterback. But uh, regardless, they were. You know, that all made sense. Um, and it really did seem like no matter how this all played out, Texas, the committee was going to absolutely positively insist on putting Texas ahead of Alabama. And um, and, and that part played out, too. So, um, I mean, that's fine. I mean, look, Al- Al- this isn't Alabama uh, of the last, like, 10 to 14 years. This is, in my SP Plus rankings, this is the first time they've ranked outside the top, the top three since 2008. They're seventh. Uh, so they weren't even one of the four best. And they're, what, fifth in FPI. They're out of the top four in a lot of the rankings. They, this has been a very flawed Alabama team, even with a good defense, probably the best defense since, like, about 2018. So, I mean, uh, when you look at these teams, like, anything could happen. SP Plus certainly gives an edge to Michigan overall, but Michigan has trended downward a little bit over the last month, and maybe that opens the door. Washington, Texas should be a lovely track meet. Michigan, Alabama should be a lovely rock fight at the end of the day. Um, And, you know, something for everybody.
For sure. It is entertaining matchups, uh, no no doubt about that. And I think we were going to get some some pretty good ones anyway, but uh, we'll we'll see how those semifinals uh, shake out in a, in a few weeks. Bill Connolly of ESPN with us here on the big show KTGR and KTGR.com. So now we come to Mizzou. Uh, they were just waiting to see you know what New Year's Six Bowl was was going to be their draw, and and here's the thing: the chaos scenarios of of, of course you know Alabama winning, uh, pushing Georgia out, and then uh, Florida State not making the playoff. It kind of tied up some of the Orange Bowl uh, tie-ins, and I was kind of looking and seeing. Well, it it might not be very likely that Mizzou gets Ohio State in any of the matchups, but sure enough, uh, they're they're matched up in the Cotton Bowl. What do you think? Yeah, I was a little surprised. I thought, you know, it felt like it was uh, almost destined at one point to be a Mizzou Liberty kind of deal, which, you know, give me give me the big name. You know, you know Missouri's not here all that often, and they get a big name to face, and it's a big name that'll, you know, they might be able to fare pretty well against Ohio State's second string, since that's kind of what it seems like uh, Missouri might be facing here after whatever opt-outs and transfers come along. So, yeah, it's hard to... It's hard to really plot this matchup out very well right now because we don't know who from Ohio State or Missouri, but especially Ohio State, will actually be playing in this game. But this is a team that improved their defense dramatically, probably the second or third best defense in college football this year. And you know most of the opt-outs have to do with offense. And, and it'll be kind of interesting uh, to to see exactly how Missouri try, goes about trying to move the football and, and what Ohio State's you know second-team receivers can do against Missouri's secondary. Yeah, that'll be uh, an interesting one there. And, uh, of course, when you talk about Mizzou's offense and how they'll uh, probably be uh, close to full strength, at least that was kind of the indication that we heard yesterday from the team after they they heard the announcements. But, again, as you mentioned, that Ohio State defense is really tough. And I know Cody Schrader's kind of – he doesn't care about the records uh, himself, as he'll he'll tell you, but – He's 115 away from Tyler Beatty. I know 115 is a hard number to get to, especially against Ohio State's defense, but I've doubted Cody Schrader enough times, and he's proven me wrong enough times to think (laughs) that this might be different. How do you kind of see the run game matching up with what Ohio State's done? Yeah, I think it's a little just a smidge easier to run on Ohio State than pass. Like neither neither of them easy by any means. You got to really take advantage of whatever uh, opportunities you get. Uh, But this has turned into basically kind of a, a bend don't break kind of defense that may have, that has enough good individual playmakers to still make plays up front and yeah you're right i mean this is cody Schrader's last game he might like he's ready to carry 60 times if need be i'm sure and that, that would get him to 115 but um yeah it, it's gonna be I, like i said I'm, i i don't know how well it'll work and i don't know what missouri's gonna choose to try to actually do obviously in the in the receiving core they've got some you know blue chip playmakers who have come through here and there and and certainly uh if they choose to try to spread the defense out horizontally and get the ball in Luther Burden's hand a decent amount that makes a lot of sense but yeah it, it's it's going to be really really interesting um because this is a the best defense Missouri has faced this year and uh it, it could be a pretty tough go to see how they uh, move the football Bill Connolly of ESPN with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. The other New Year's Six matchups, uh, Oregon was the team that ended up uh, getting Liberty. They'll be in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, Penn State and and Ole Miss could be uh, pretty interesting in the Peach Bowl. And then uh, Florida State and Georgia, the two teams that seem the most irked uh, by the uh, the final four uh, CFP rankings uh, at five and six, uh, respectively, they're going to be facing off in the Orange Bowl. I wonder what you think of those matchups there. 
Yeah, it really depends a lot on, you know, who cares? Like, what, what's the motivation behind each of these teams? We know Liberty is going to show up, uh, biggest game in their history, and, and they've got a really, really nice offense. I don't think that defense has a chance of if, if Oregon's lineup is full strength headed into the ball, which, we'll, again, we'll see. Uh, Bo Nix doesn't have to play. He might be done. We'll see who else. But it, it is going to be – you know, certain teams seem to have more to play for and might be able to bring more to the table. I'm also curious about a Penn State who that entire offense is like sophomores for the most part. They're not opting out. They're going to be, you figure they're going to be trying to, you know, we'll see exactly, you know, they made a nice offensive coordinator hire, but now we got to find out like, you know, who's calling plays and what they're doing in this game. But that's a sophomore quarterback and a couple good sophomore backs, and they'll be trying to, you know, push real hard. So Ole Miss better be ready for that too. It is, we are at a bowl season and I know what my numbers say. And I know that a lot of it's going to be kind of a mystery because it's about who shows up and I'm not really going to bank on either Georgia or Florida state showing up a hundred percent. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. That, that'll that be the interesting one of uh, who wants to care in that game more uh, after what they saw in the uh, final rankings just this weekend, but we'll see bowl season is almost upon us and we're getting set for it here on KTGR. And great to chat with Bill Connolly of ESPN here on the big show. You can find him at ESPN underscore Bill C. And uh, again, get your ESPN Plus subscription to read his uh, college football insights over at ESPN.com. Bill, thanks for coming on as always. Hope all is well. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Big show's on at 442 KTGR and KTGR.com. So uh, that that's – I'm glad that Bill Connolly agrees with me. That's Florida State's got screwed. Yep. Like, pretty simple. Undefeated, Power 5 conference champ. I know, ACC's not the SEC. It's hard to win all your games in college football. Bad especially for the when sport, you're... good for the television? Is that the Ooh, is that the slant? Wow, that's probably it. I agree. It's, it is probably better TV for Texas and Alabama to be in. Get more eyeballs on those CFP games. Florida State. I'm sorry, guys. All right, under the bus. I feel next. bad for Florida State now. Do you see what happened? College I know. Football right, right, come on. Like, I don't want to feel bad for those all the fan bases. I guess there are other fan bases that, that it would be worse to, uh, to to feel bad for. Under the bus to what possibly prevented this year from being the year that there was a 12 team playoff. That is all coming up next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Well, we will get you under the bus in a bit in the sweetest thing in sports, and you can keep texting in and calling in with your thoughts on the college football playoff results. 875-KTGR. But first, we get to some other results. That is the Picks of the Week results. And, I don't want to uh, do that. Well, Chris doesn't, uh, surprisingly, this week, in a week that he did not win, you don't want to do it. Uh, Brendan was the one that won. I'm kind of glad that he's not uh, around to gloat for this one. He's at the winter meetings. He is popping in uh, uh, from time to time here on the show to give uh, his thoughts on the CFP. But I'm told that he uh, has a John Mozeliak press conference coming up very soon that he has to get. So that's, that's important. Uh, there could be some news for the St. Louis Cardinals this week. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly be keeping abreast of that. But Brendan 4-1, and one, Chris 3-2, and two, I went 2-3. and three. And oh, I went three and two. Wow. I, yeah, you did. Were you not keeping Hooray. track of your own picks? No, hey, after after my uh, two lane bet fell through, I was like, it's over. Two I don't lane even want to look at my picks. Did let you down? It let me down. Time. Do you think it's because Willie Fritz was looking at Houston? Do you think he was thinking ahead? Possible. Well, I, 
So tough. I mean, I, I don't. They were think talking he about was. it before I'm that sure, bowl game. Well, no, I get it. I'm and I'm sure that he was in talks with Houston before it. But man, that would that would be rough if that actually ended up being the case. Because Tulane had a chance to play in a New Year's Six. Yeah, uh, they were playing at home for a conference championship game. I would be shocked if Willie Fritz had more of his focus on something outside of that. Yeah, I'm just So I, I get it. Uh, he's the coach at Houston. I think it's a great Great hire, hire. yes. Uh, we'll, we'll see what Houston can do next year with Willie Fritz. But um, no, I don't think it was that. SMU just came to play. Like it, yeah, they're just like that. SMU really was like that this year. Can't believe they're not playing I, Oregon or something. Again, if you're going to use that logic to keep Florida State out of the CFP, Use that same logic for the G5 representative. Do it all the way down the list. Be consistent. That's Oof, all I you ask really want for. to talk about second-class citizens that's in college football. That's all I ask for, committee. Goodness gracious. That's that's all I'm talking about here. So uh, another edition of the Picks of the Week later on this week. Uh, be ready for that. It's time to go under the bus on the big show. You know, we probably wouldn't be talking about who got left out as an undefeated Power 5 conference champion for the college football playoff, had the Alliance never been a thing. All right. Uh, the you, Alliance is under the bus today because, uh, look, that was the the handshake agreement, not even a written agreement between the commissioners of the ACC at the time, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, saying, that oh, we're going to... We're going to align in some way. We're going to have, you know, scheduling uh, connections, uh, relationships, things like that. Oh, no, it's not because of uh, voting together on things like the CFP. Oh, no, it's not because of, you know, uh, preventing teams from jumping conferences or coaches jumping conferences. No, it's nothing like that. It's just, you know, it's an alliance. It never made sense from day one. And the one thing that it did end up making an impact on was when the college football playoff not if but when the college football playoff was going to expand to 12 uh it did because they all voted against it and it needed to be unanimous and it would have happened this year instead of next year for the start of the if they didn't have an alliance see i think the problem is there's no unified voice in all of the college football conference. Well, there is a, there is no a problem alignment. there. There is no alignment whatsoever. There does need to be a college football playoff head, or not playoff head, uh, just college football in general. There needs to be somebody at the top making sure that this is governed. A commissioner, but, you might say. Yes, a commissioner. Uh, Bill Connolly once lobbied to be one, and I would, I'd and vote I would, for him. I would uh, give me a button too. Um, but the alliance, you can blame them. I uh, Chris is kind of back and forth on this. I say blame them for the 12-team playoff not happening this year instead of just starting uh, up next year. Mizzou would be getting ready to play Oregon in the the quarterfinals, if not for the Alliance. Under the bus. It wouldn't even be one if Greg Sankey could keep it stands to himself, but I guess that's another conversation. What are you talking about? The whole thing started because they were like, oh, geez, Texas and Oklahoma are getting poached by the SEC. Now what? Uh, Alliance, question mark? And then it just kind of spiraled from there. Again, if you really thought, if those three commissioners really fooled themselves into thinking that they could all get those, every single person in those conferences together to agree on things, ah, yeah, right. Uh, Also, under the bus to those who are still part of the crowd of, oh, the Chiefs get all the calls. 
man. Uh, very clearly, they don't. If you watched last night's game, there should not be a single person out there. And I've seen them on the text line, and I've seen them in our Twitter mentions, saying, "Ah, oh, the Chiefs get all the calls. It's so rigged." Sure, watch last night's game and tell me that it's still rigged. Come I, on, man. I think the actual problem is far more concerning, which is just refereeing is very bad. Well, yes, refereeing is For very bad, team, too. Yes. On every level. Every team. It is concerning. They get their uh, everything like that uh, is true. And every Not as team, concerning as the wide receivers. Though. Every team is uh, having to deal with that officiating right now. Under the bus. Also under the bus to the spat between... Uh, 49ers linebacker Dre Greenlaw and the Eagles head of security uh-huh. who looked like some sort of mob boss, <laughs> which I guess there are more people like that in Philly than anywhere else. They, but I mean, <laughs> I saw they, clips they, of they, that. Like, I was like, this isn't real. Just kind of swiping at each other. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, there's no way this is real, right? They both get ejected from the game, which that absolutely uh, favors the Eagles because this guy's not even a coach. He's on the sideline. He's just a dude He's hanging just out. He's the head of security. Or like a special assistant to the GM. Hey, I'm providing security here. <laughs> Forget is... about it. <laughs> no insider info. I'm not accusing him of anything. But that is absolutely the job title that you give to your money launderer. Like, that is absolutely <laughs> the job title. Do the Eagles still have that jail in their stadium? <laughs> they should just put I him in there. I uh, But <laughs> that guy's becoming a, a hero in Philly today. And uh, Dre Greenlaw ejected from the game after... Uh, yeah, uh, there was a, a rough tackle near the Eagles sideline. I can't remember who tackled whom, honestly. Uh, the only thing we remember was that this guy on the Eagles sideline. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if he was under the bus or if Drake Greenlaw's under the bus. Under the they bus. They both are. Uh, but <laughs> the images that I did not think that I would ever see in an NFL game, that was one of them. There's a greasy sandwich called the head of security that's being formulated right now that I really, Love really it. want to try <laughs> whenever, whenever they drop it. Buy it up. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports on The Big Show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Get those holiday gifts for your coworkers and your customers this holiday season at the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia. Anniversary, birthday, holiday. Online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. Well, Mizzou is sure ready right now to play in the Cotton Bowl. You know, the team is definitely gearing up for it and the fans are absolutely excited the cotton bowl ticket allotment that mizzou was given to sell to their fans is now sold out it took 18 hours and all those tickets are gone the way that you can get to the cotton bowl and buy tickets there is now only through the secondary market so i'm becoming a janitor for the cotton bowl (laughs) right uh so that's a sweet thing to see that uh mizzou is getting not only a New Year's Six game, but a great matchup against one of the blue bloods of college football. I can't wait to see Mizzou match up against the team. I don't even care who's playing on the other side. Still going to have that logo. Still going to have all those helmet stickers on them. Like, Brutus that, is going to be there. Give me that matchup. Brutus, Truman, all going to be there. Can't wait. Friday, December 29th. It's going down at Jerry World. We'll talk more about it at 5.05. And about that Chiefs loss that, man, really stinks in Green Bay. We'll talk about that at 525. And is this a week that we will see the Cardinals have more off-season action? We'll talk about that at 545 on the big show.